0: Hello, I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, and I want to welcome all of you to Talk to Be Well. I'm the Chief Executive of Behavioral Health for Providence here in Oregon, and the Chief Clinical Officer for Work to Be Well. Here with me today are Dominic, Molly, and Catherine. All three have joined me today to talk about their experiencing with mental health spiraling. And this should be a really interesting topic in these really difficult times. Now, the The topic itself may be triggering for some. If you become uncomfortable, please revisit this conversation at a different time and know that we will be putting resources along the bottom of the scroll the entire time in case you do feel that you need additional help. As a reminder, the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only. It is not intended nor is it implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Let's get ourselves started today. I'm so excited to be with you all. How are you all doing this week? How's it going?
1: Uh, it's going pretty good, Honestly, Our new semester just started and for online schooling, we're kind of getting a better side of the schedules from our discussion with (laughs) two of my other panelists. (laughs) I kind of see my schedule as being in the middle of a um, a very good one and a bad one because we have Monday off, so that counts as a three-day weekend. So technically, it's been going great.
2: I am definitely jealous of you, Katherine. I wish that I had Monday off too, um, but no, I go to school um, two days of the week though. I'm in person um, on Monday and Tuesday and I'm remote Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, which has actually been a pretty good experience for me, but there's definitely a lot of differences, so.
3: Yeah. And um, I feel with both of you right now, um, my school has been extremely accommodating during this time, which is so helpful for me because um, I like to be accommodated. (laughs) And so this was extremely helpful. We start at 9am. So that is super helpful and it gives us a chance to sleep in. And we have Monday off so that our community has the opportunity to communicate with each other and to meet in meetings and discuss and have learning opportunities that aren't technically a school a school you know education technically like a class. So that's been really helpful. And I just yeah I'm very thankful for my school for being so accommodating and for prioritizing connectivity during this time.
0: You know it's interesting. I, I sit back and wonder when we do go back to school in person how many of these learnings will we take with us? I mean, I've heard so many of you talk about the importance of being able to have, uh, to sleep in. You know, and in, in your demographic, you know, teenagers do need that extra sleep. That's part, of, that's part of your job is to grow and it takes sleep to grow. So I wonder how many of these learnings we're gonna pull forward. That'll be interesting.
3: I agree and it's, yeah, it's definitely gonna come down to our ability to put pressure on the systems around us if we want to keep these learnings going.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So with all of these different schedule changes and everything that's gone on, how are you taking care of your mental health in general? I mean, what are you doing to take care of you?
2: Um, Number one thing I do is I really benefit from talking to other people around me my family and my friends I personally feel like especially when I'm like super super stressed overloaded with work and just to like calm myself down it really helps to just go outside and here in New England it's really cold this time of year (laughs) so (laughs) that can be hard to do sometimes but just getting outside going for walks and de-stressing by talking to family and friends is definitely like number one thing that I do
1: yeah, I completely agree with everything Molly said because, from my personal experience, being in, trapped in my room for like 24 hours sitting in this one desk, just doing endless like homework and extracurriculars <laughs> and classworks And yeah, it can be like really uh, like this negative energy is just fermenting inside of you so kind of like a metaphor for the whole room is like within yourself also like all the negative and the stress without um, letting like the opening out it will be very pressuring from the inside so um, I agree with Molly, what Molly said about going outside like Providing an opening, for example, like opening your windows, letting some fresh ears in, kind of also lets out some of that stress and negativity into like the best nature and <laughs> it's very imaginative, but it's always super helpful to just go for an outside walk and admire like and appreciate the nature that's around you. I feel like that—that that was that's definitely what really helped me during the pandemic to go for a morning walk when I wake up because school starts later. So that definitely serves as more of an opening for to go outside and bring some fresh air in because otherwise you'll just be in your room for the entire day. And I also <laughs> completely agree with maintaining even social interactions, especially during isolation because we're pretty much all alone uh, with our families and i feel like i've definitely bonded more with my mom because we engage like um in those like really personal talks during like before sleep every day cuz obviously we're facing a lot of stress recently so yeah family yeah. and outside <laughs> are what yep. the main takeaways from my experiences and they're super helpful
3: yeah i definitely want to echo everything that um everyone here has already said i mean Um, I am so fortunate to have a relationship with my parents that I can be open and honest. And I know that not everyone has that opportunity. And I'm definitely um, extremely, extremely lucky to have that opportunity and that relationship with my parents. And so I said, you know, I can't work in my room anymore. I said, I just, it is to have that one space um, and assign it so many different roles instead of just being, it's just my bedroom. I go there to sleep. That's it. I don't work in there. I don't do anything else. Because if you're like everyone's saying, if you stay in one room all day, I mean, you're going to go crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel. And, and like we're about to talk about, your head might start spiraling. I mean, and that's something that we want to try to prevent. And so I said, I want to set up a workspace outside of my room so that I have to force myself to get up and get out of my room. And there's no questioning about it. I have to actually sit up and say, okay, I have to go to work. I have to get out of my room now. So right now I'm not in my room anymore. I don't work. I don't do meetings in there. I, it, it's not, that's a whole other opportunity. I'm, it's a whole other space. And um, another thing that's been really helpful is talking with people and keeping social interaction going. And one way I've learned to do it is by sending voice messages instead of texts. Because one, I am lazy, and I don't like to text super long messages, but I also get to send (laughs) um, voice messages instead of texting. And I get to hear other people's voices, which is really, it's been really beneficial for me. I mean, it's so different now. We don't get to hear each other as much. It's just texting. And um, if I'm not in the mood to FaceTime, I, I still get a way to hear people and to sort of interact almost like normal. And that's just, it's been a blessing, honestly. Yeah, so that's how I keep saying. that. Those are really excellent. You all have given really
0: excellent tips, but I love that one with the, the voice messaging. Um, I had not thought about that. I'm gonna start using that, you know? I, I think that might be a good one. Um, you've started to reference, and Dominic, you started to talk about mental spiraling, which is what we're gonna talk about today. It's hard to say that word fast. Uh, but for some of our viewers they may not know they may have an idea what do you mean when we're saying mental spiraling what's that mean to you
3: i mean personally when i reference mental spiraling it means that you are at a point okay here imagine like a tornado right this is how i think of it because sometimes for me at least it's easier to like think of it visually so your uh-huh. head starts at the top right and um maybe a negative thought um exists in your head and all of a sudden your mind starts going and wandering and sort of cycling through different negative thoughts or whatever it may be and you keep continuing to go down that tornado and you keep spinning and spinning it's like you're thinking about all these different things and your mind is sort of spiraling from topic to topic and worry to worry. And you might start off with like an original stress, like maybe homework. And then all of a sudden you're thinking about your body positivity, or you're thinking about this and that, or you're thinking about what's happening tomorrow. And you start spiraling and just keep going down that tornado faster and faster and faster and faster until, you know, you hit the bottom. I mean, that's, kind of how I think about mental spiraling and I like to put a, an image to a concept because it helps me sort of understand the gravity behind what it really is.
1: Oh yeah I really wow. love that imagery and just just like zooming in into how just one layer of cycle becomes even and more negative through each of the levels of the tornado example. I feel like it's so true because I feel like any thought patterns it kind of feeds into another thought and just like the, um, the imagery of this, um, the tornado kind of, kind of captures how one cycle of the negativity may feeds into another one that's even more negative. So just that exponential <laughs> effect of just gro- growing into more negativity and becoming to a point that's unstoppable and more aggravated as time goes on is definitely very true of the um, the, the situation that we're talking about in mental spiraling.
2: I totally agree. And I really love the image that you use, Dominic. That's so creative Thank and you. I've never heard that before. So um, totally agree with that. And I also wanted to echo your point about how um, it can often start off with something so simple like homework. I think that that happens to me all the time. And then the next thing um, that you know, I'm thinking about how like how I'm acting in social situations. Like it just goes from something completely different and but it, it gets more negative as it goes along. So it can be really harmful to be stuck in one. So I'm interested in hearing about everybody's
0: experiences. Well, speaking of, let's jump into the pool. Tell me, you know, what happens to you when you have a mental a mental spiral? Because I'm, I'm pretty sure you all have experienced one. I know I have. Um, and I, what I'm thinking is you're describing the tornado and it's so very apt. Um, for me, it often starts with like a simple worry about one of my kids. And I can take a simple worry about one of my kids and turn it into, oh, my gosh, they're in the emergency room and you know, they're this, that, and the other thing in my head. I can go to every negative place you ever wanted to go to. Trust me, I I feel you. How about you all? What do you spiral on?
1: Well, I had a recent example because I play um, every Sunday with my brother and, and with tennis. So we played tennis last Sunday and um, right before like my serve, he was posting like very, in a funny way i feel like it was intentional but it was kind of um intended to throw me off in some way and i find it funny because he hasn't done anything funny all day so i could i kind of just got caught in the trap there and when i was serving i got distracted obviously my concentration was broken um by his silly act and when i first when i missed my first serve um i feel like there's definitely a different wave of negative emotions added into that whole uh, whole tornado of like unable to keep myself together uh, along with the shame maybe of missing that serve and also like self-doubt about like whether or not I'm going to make my next few serves and I kept missing my serve for the next I lost the next two um two points and finally um it got into the point where I was (laughs) I was like start like taking a long time to just calm down and reflect by bouncing the ball. Like I was dragging on the time for so long that he started like asking like, are you okay? But I was just stuck in the state of um, that whole tornado and chaos of um, like keep keep missing my shots and never, I don't see like how I would be able to make it like actually. And yeah, it was down to the state from where I found it funny at first. And then I, I was at the state of being like, <laughs> otherly hopeless so
2: it was like the whole yeah (laughs) trust like the whole journey was definitely true that's really interesting Catherine I actually I wanted to add to that in terms of um I did I don't know I think it sounds like what you and your brother were doing was more of like sort of like a fun like leisurely game of tennis but like I definitely feel that mental spiraling can I experience it during sports. Um, I'm a runner, so I run um, all three seasons. I run cross-country, winter track, and spring track. And I um, feel that mental spiraling super often, like before races. Um, I've gotten into an experience before where I'll start to think about my race in the afternoon, the morning of, and as the day goes on, I'll start with just thinking like, oh, I'm nervous for it, how good are the other competitors going to be? Am I going to run well to the point where like before the race, I'm in a super negative mindset because I've developed into thinking like I'm my I'm a bad runner, which isn't even true. It's just that I've like convinced myself of this. So the self-doubt, mm-hmm. I think, develops even more and more like throughout the spiral. That's an, an experience I have pretty often.
3: Yeah, I definitely want to echo what Molly just said, because that is very important. That self-doubt definitely becomes more inflamed, more inflated, bigger when you are going down that spiral. Um, And I definitely, I totally resonate with that. Like, um, I will be doing homework. Let's say this. We'll give an example. I'm doing homework or I'm texting a friend, right? And I have the not so great tendency of overthinking things um and that definitely (laughs) and that definitely yeah (laughs) and that totally ties in with this i mean overthinking is almost synonymous with a mental spiral because you start at this one point where you're thinking like oh my friend isn't responding right now that's weird Uh uh-oh did i do something oh my gosh what did i do last week oh my gosh, did I say something? would that might've been offensive. Oh no, I they hate me. Oh no, what have I done? Da, 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 da. And it keeps going and then it just keeps spiraling and spiraling and spiraling because you keep going through these thoughts. And another thing that I would like to add is that mental spirals, they love to play on your biggest insecurities because that's what's, that's what's easiest to drag you down. I mean, those weights that we carry every day. I mean, why why wouldn't they utilize that? you know? Mm -hmm. And so for me, one of my biggest insecurities is my body. And I'm very open about that. I mean, I never will not be open about that. And um, mental spirals love to play on that. I mean, they will (laughs) throw that in the the mix, right? I mean, as much as you can add, keep going, right? Like they'll add that in the mix. And that's one of the lethal tendencies of a mental spiral is to add in what you're most insecure about or what you're most worried about so that you can drag you down further into that tornado. And I, I just, I needed to mention that, that is something that happens, um, at least for me. And I, I'm guessing that other people um, have experience with that as well.
0: You know, you're, I had done a talk yesterday um, with somebody about body positivity, and we were talking, we didn't use the term mental spiral, but the messages that we hear and the messages that we take from social media and from television, All pile, all dog pile in there, especially in relationship to body positivity. And one of the questions that um, the interviewer asked me about was, okay, so how do you stop it? How do you control it? So I'm going to ask all of you, how do you stop this? How do you intervene? How do you throw a monkey wrench in your tornado and make it stop?
2: Um, I think the first thing that I do, if it's at all possible, is as simple as just like changing my location. So I think that a lot of my spiraling happens in my room. I'm sitting in my room for hours every day in school doing homework. Right. And so sort of in that same location, doing the same thing for a really long time. And that's when the negativity sort of starts to set in like, oh, my God, I need to be doing something else as it like spiral starts going. So what? I think something, <laughs> something as simple as leaving my room, going downstairs, going to get a glass of water, quick change in your break in a different area is like number one thing that I would try to do. If I'm not able to do that, like if I'm in school, cause I do go to school Monday and Tuesday. So if I'm ever experiencing that at school, it's not quite as effective, but something I've been taught is to just picture a stop sign. As soon as things start to get bad, picture a stop sign because that's sort of like a visual symbol of stop. Nice. Like, this is unnecessary. Why are we even thinking about this right now? And then kind of go on. So, those are two different strategies that I use.
1: Yeah, I just kind of want to add on to that. I completely agree with your um, physical, changing your physical location would definitely help because I feel like we're super connected. Like our internal situation is connected to our situation on the outside from all the external stimuli and stuff. Even though you might not notice um, just how like the first sprout of the thought kind of becomes like a whole tornado. Like maybe extend from something from the external, environment but you didn't notice that so definitely like taking that initiative and change your entire environment can definitely reset yourself and i kind of just want to talk about how you can do a similar thing to your mindset as well because just drawing back to the connection of just how we're really connected to our environment like just by sitting in the room if you change um your lighting for example by opening up a window it can bring Mm -hmm. some lights in and you can feel really refreshed and maybe Um, You can look outside, there's trees, there's the sky, and you instantly just feel so relieved (laughs) because it's outside is not as bad as you might think. But that's just like one step in the whole process. And I think that in the end, it's really about just empowering yourself because um, when you realize that you're not really controlled by your external environment and that like and I feel like that's where where your thoughts of self doubt really stem from. That you don't have control over anything, even your own thoughts. And I feel like the first thing to come back at is by taking by gaining that self confidence. Because as we agreed, like self doubt is basically like <laughs> what the whole thing is kind of stemming from. About like uh, yeah, it's super um, impactful in that sense. So I feel like one thing that really helped me was I read um, about this um, person called uh, um, Victor e. Frankel and his study on them just about existentialism, well, that's a very broad term, but at the most, the zooming in on the thing that really helped me was that we don't have to be, be controlled by our environment, that there is this space between our ex- um, external stimuli and our response. And that space allows for our choice to choose how we respond to that situation. So that was the thought that really empowers me to just take a breather and just kind of reset my whole thinking process that I have a choice to change my, for example, my physical location and also just to really take a fresh, refreshed look on what I can change about my situation. And just with that one click of a thought, like I feel so much more empowered and just, I feel like that's just the most sudden way of changing um, and stopping your mental spiraling.
3: Yeah, I totally agree with both of you very much. And the thing that I try to do is I try to stop the winds before they get into the tornado. You know, I try to disrupt them as best as possible. And that might be like, if I'm starting to think that I'm going to overthink, right, let's say a friend hasn't responded recently. And, um, and that's an issue because sorry, my gardeners are outside. I'm sorry, I will try to Keep the audio as best as possible You're fine. Right You're totally fine. You hear more than we do. <laughs> Thank you. So first, um, I try to disrupt the winds, right? And that would be by sending thoughts in there that are positive or by denouncing mm-hmm. the negative thoughts. So if I say, you know, they're mad at you right now. I just know it. I'll say, no, they're not. That is not true. I will actually tell myself, no, that's not true. I'm not going to let you do that. No. So I'll disrupt them. I will send interference in. I will try to disrupt Mm -hmm. them as best as possible. Or I will use this one thought that does help in certain situations. Like when you're overthinking saying you have no, you have no possibility of knowing that. So why even, why even, I mean, I'll be thinking, I'll be sitting there and let's say one of my friends doesn't respond fast enough. Right. Or like they take a long, long time. And I'm like, uh Oh, they're mad at me. Like, no, they're not. Have they told you? No. Have you done anything that you think would make them mad at you? No, not right now. So then why even, don't even worry about it. Just, and then I'll distract myself with something else. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna go do this project for a little while. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna go play with my dog. Just try to get yourself out of that position and say, you know what? You can't possibly know that. So why even think about it until you know it's the truth? Until you know for a fact, that they're angry or that they're this or whatever's wrong, don't even just interfere with that. Distract yourself, go do something else. That's that's my method for unspiraling the spiral.
0: Okay, you do you do all realize I'm a licensed psychologist. And in the in the time span of this last set of commentary, you've referenced existential psychology, uh, you referenced cognitive behavioral therapy techniques, a little bit of DVD, and definitely of mindfulness in there so you are speaking my language as a psychologist and i i am loving every minute of this you guys are awesome and and what i'm wondering is is when you're looking at these during the pandemic have you noticed you do you have pandemic spirals (laughs) tell me about pandemic
3: spirals without a doubt i mean especially because of and i to group politics into this as well. I mean, that's very relevant for this. I mean, like, all of a sudden someone says something, right? And they're like, oh my gosh, why would they say that? And then you start thinking, well, what can we do about it? What can I do? And you almost feel powerless because we're all at home. I mean, we can't really do anything. And even if we weren't at home, when it comes to like the world of politics, I always feel powerless because it's just, it seems like such an existential, like such a big thing that you just can't affect. And with this pandemic, it's similar. I mean, it's a global pandemic millions of people are dying. I mean, it, it's not something that we can't solve individually. And that is something that I, at least I've experienced humans hate when you can't individually solve something because that is just like, that's our, that's our kryptonite. I mean, and so that's what I think that's most, many of the spirals are coming about. It's like, gosh, this is just going on forever. I mean, what if this goes on forever? We can't solve it. So what's going to happen? And then all of a sudden you start thinking, well, what if I get it? What if one of my family members get it? What if somebody up, up above us in the in authority says something or does something that affects us? What about this? And then even for people of color, I mean, that that totally groups into it. You know, people of color are at a, at a disadvantage in this pandemic and in most um, modes of medicine. And so that definitely, that's something that, that weaves into this spiral. Well, what if I'm at bigger effect or what if I'm going to, Be more susceptible because i am a person of darker skin complexion i mean it's just everything around us is already in such a spiral that it's almost it's almost like our brain has to spiral because of it i mean everything around us is literally spiraling so why wouldn't our brain do the same and i think that that's definitely something that we all have to work against is that our world is spiraling. How do we not spiral?
1: Right, yeah, I completely agree with everything Dominic said. And just adding on to that, I feel like the pandemic really took away something that's so precious to the human experience, which is your friends, your social interactions, and your, yeah. it gave you, it left you with just this immense mountain of loneliness that you don't know how to overcome. And I feel like social support is such an important factor to release your thoughts, Because if you are just limiting your thoughts to yourself, then it would just kind of like ramble on and to a point of like expanding and exploding inside of you. So that's definitely not a pleasant experience and loneliness definitely exacerbates like that negative impact. 100%
2: 100% agreeing with Catherine. That's exactly what I sort of, the first thing I think of with the pandemic is I have such a much harder time. I think personally with spiraling when I'm by myself, I find that I'm able to get out of spirals a lot easier when I'm with other people. So if like I'm in a group of friends and something happens that like sets me off a little bit, there's almost always an immediate distraction that there it goes. But with the pandemic and being inside in quarantine all the time with so much less social interaction. And even still when we're um, in school, it's not the same. You can't talk to people. They're six feet away all the time. So it's just so much different. All of it, it so, there's so much less social interaction, which I think is key to um, getting out of mental spirals. So it's, for me, it's made it a lot harder, I think, the pandemic.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting, because I think, um, especially that lack of, of, since we are all alone, and we're, you know, mostly on Zoom, or other platforms, when we do get to interact with other people, that mirror of somebody else's shared experience, and being able to read your emotions in real time, see, am I reacting normally to this? And because I I get a lot from that social cue is a is a really big deal. And we've taken social cueing out of, your entire teenage experience, which is when this is when you're trying on different forms of social queuing. I mean, this is that that time of your life where you learn these things. And for the last pretty much year, um, most of you have been in that position where you're not able to cue off other people very often, and you've had to to change, really change how you do queue off of people. You know, we're coming down to the to the end of our our time together. And I want to ask each of you to tell me what advice do you have for somebody who may not recognize, you know, spiraling, may not know, may have had that experience for the first time. What advice do you give them that that is a little bit of hope that they can hang on to?
3: Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't let it win. I mean, um, it's not a winning thing. It's not an entity, but at least for me, I like to think of it as it is, as it's a competition. If you're a competitive person, it's an entity. It is somebody on the, it is someone working against you. You know, it's the other team in a football game. I mean, it is the competition. So don't let it beat you. If you were a competitive person, I mean, you say no. You stand your ground. That is what I can give as advice. I mean, use self-care tips. Um, like it says at the, as it's scrolling past our screen, go to worktobewell.org, and you find some tips. You know, use a, um, a a mental health emotional first aid kit. We have that on our website. You know, use these resources that are at your disposal to stop the spiral, to interfere, to clear up the clouds. I mean, that's what we can do. Because right now, we might feel so alone, but we aren't. We have support. There's virtual support. It's not the same. I'm not going to pretend it's the same, because it isn't. But it's there. And it's our obligation to use it if we can, and I know it's hard, trust me. I used to not wanna reach out for help. I mean, that's something that personally, it wasn't something I wanted to do. I was scared, but once I did, I felt so much better. I felt safer, I felt more connected. I felt like I had made the right decision. And so I, I implore, I beg everyone to reach out for help if you need it and definitely utilize resources like our website, like a youth line, a teen line, A hotline, anything, a warm line. Utilize resources that have been put around you. And if you can't, and if you can't for some reason, find a way. And if you don't know what resources you can use, check out our website. There are resources there too. Check out Google. Google's a great person, a great entity, a great thing. (laughs) I like to think of Google as a person because it has all the resources you could possibly need. You just, one Google search away from help. I mean, that's all I can give to you is that you need to reach out for help and you need to find what works for you. Find what self-care works for you and exploit it. Use it to your advantage. Really just don't let up, don't give up, keep going. Find what you need, find what helps you and just keep moving forward. That's all I can say for that.
2: I love that, Dominic, so inspirational and I love the work to be well promo. My number one piece of advice is to focus on what's controllable in your situation. So obviously we don't have control over every variable, right? But for instance, if you're worried about a test the next day, you can't control how hard it's going to be, what the questions are going to be, but you can control how much you study and like what resources you use. So Mm -hmm. that's my number one piece of advice I think is to like kind of assess the situation as a whole before falling into that spiral. Oh, yeah, I think great. Molly
1: just completely read my mind. I feel like the most important thing to keep in mind is that you will always have a choice, even though it might not look like it. Like Molly said, Molly said you should analyze the situation and see what you can control, and remind yourself that you're always in in the in the position where you can choose your response to any external situations, and just that thought can just empower you. and yeah, that to everything about Dr. E. Frankl and existentialism, you guys should definitely read into <laughs> it I feel like, it definitely changed my whole mindset. Yeah, and in the end, it's all about building your own personal philosophy. And when you have like a philosophy that you can follow, it feels like you're so self-strengthening and that even though like it's inevitable that we face the, these kind of mental spiralings because there's so many uncontrollable situations in our universe just interacting in your daily lives and you can encounter something that is completely out of control and it feels horrible, like the whole storm is heading on. But just always remember that you're yourself, that you're a free human being, that you can choose your own reaction to any situations and you can really, um, you're, you're good enough for any of the choices that you're choosing for yourself and you can really net your own life because you have complete freedom of choice over situations.
0: Well, I you, Molly, Catherine and and Dominic, you have provided a ton of sage advice today. And and as a licensed psychologist, I I could tell you that the tools and techniques you're talking about, that's the real thing. But the biggest thing of all, I think, is that message that you're bringing forward. Believe in you, there's always help available. Someone's always here to listen go to our website www.worktobewell.org all the resources are there they're free that's work the number two be well.org i'm your host dr robin henderson with talk to be well and th- thank you for joining us today for this important conversation we'll see you again next time and be well